Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Prison Counts Podcast, where we hear a multitude of different perspectives on what it's like to journey through our criminal justice system and live life in prison. I'm your host, Ryan Ferguson, here with my good friend and co-host, Dave Dowling. How you doing, Dave? Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. We have a really interesting guest today, somebody that Dave and I have both been locked up with. Uh, Dave, you want to tell him about Todd? Well, Todd's he's, he's an interesting guy. His story is unique. He came to prison to do a few months and ended up doing tw- almost 25 years. And I, I don't know the whole story, but there was some kind of attempt at escape and a, a assault member or a, a staff member was assaulted and injured. And he ended up getting 25 more years and spending the the greater part of his adult life in prison. So I think he's been home a couple of years and right now he's been doing a lot of work around my house for me and stuff. So he's also <laughs> very intelligent and talented and very helpful to me. Very intelligent. But, you know, what's crazy, man, is the whole time we were all locked up together. I did not know anything about his case or like, you know, I thought he just came down with a, with a case and had 30 years just like everybody else. Right. No, it was uh, different. He got some kind of class C lower level felonies where he got, I think, a five year sentence, which at that time you did about 10 months on, especially if it was your first time and ended up doing 25 years. You know, like I said, I'm not sure the exact amount, but it was definitely up there like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And and what I'm really excited about in this episode, people are very interested in this. I, I certainly am. I did a year in the hole. You've done time in the hole. Right. Most people who've gone to prison have done some whole time. And uh, and I didn't know this until we were talking briefly before the, the episode started, but he did three years straight in ADSEG. Right. From like the years, from like his age, 18 to 21, he, he lived in a hole. He lived in the home. Man. All right. I don't even, I don't even know what to think about that. Like I, well, you know what? Let's just get him on. Yeah. Let's bring him out here. All right, Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks. Good to see you, Todd. Glad you finally came on the show. He's been mm-hmm. helping me do some work around the house by helping me. I mean, doing it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you had some uh, plumbing issues. It's, uh, your plumbing house is falling issues, apart, I hear. Turned into some painting issues, turned into a brand new set of basement steps and a railing. and Still, the, the plumbing is the worst. An attic fan. It's easy. I didn't know that like living in a house and paying for it meant you had to fix everything. So, new experience. <laughs> so Todd, uh, why, why aren't you just building Dave a new house, man? He's just I'm essentially doing that. He's got a whole new plumbing system and a new staircase, and like I rebuilt <laughs> a part of his roof that was falling down where the guy cut the trusses out for his attic fan. Like it's it's been Genius. an experience. Yeah, it's been great. All right. So how long have you been out? And have you been doing uh, construction? What do you? I've been out three years. I got out three years ago in uh, September, September 28th, and I got a job working for an HVAC company almost immediately, stayed there about a year and a half, and then I started my own company. Oh, awesome, man. Well, congratulations on your own company. We were just actually talking about that. If you want to be successful after prison, it's almost as though you have to be an entrepreneur. It has its moments. It's also snaky. Like the, the business world is shifty, especially now. Corona's got everything messed up. So, yeah, But you're making stop. it? You're doing all right? I mean, yeah, slowly but surely, I'm building back up. I had a hit, but you know, like it's it's coming back. Well, I know you're a hard worker, and uh, you're gonna make 
make life work well for you. So people should know we were we were all three actually in prison together at some point in uh, Jefferson City Correctional Center. You have fond memories? Um, no, <laughs> I have fond memories. Of Todd. Yeah. Todd was my group leader yeah. when I went through the uh, intensive therapeutic community. So he was one of my first uh, people that he hated in prison. He wanted yes. to kill me. Yes. He wanted to kill me. Yeah. ITC was no joke. No. Yeah. No well, joke. I chaired him for writing his old lady and then talked to him real greasy when we were in an encounter group about it. Yeah. Real you know, greasy. I had to do the old sit on my hands. Listen to this guy. So yeah, people don't know how that goes. So you, you get wrote up in the in the program, which is there to you know make you a better person and uh, help you change. I don't know for lack of a better term. But ultimately, uh, you get in trouble, and then you get confronted about what you got in trouble for. So Todd, peers. you got to confront him. What what'd you say to him? Because Dave can't respond, right? I would no. He's gonna sit there and just take it. Him and his silly both. When I walked up to their cell, you gotta understand, I'm I'm his facilitator. So when I rolled up there, they're looking at me like I'm the cool dude, right? Because I kind of am in the, at the time. I'm in a cell with CJ. Like, we're kicking it. When I roll up, I'm like, man, what are y'all doing? And they're like, man, we're brighting our old ladies. Well, I'm going to pull both of y'all up. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, you can't do that. And they're looking at me like, damn, dude, you really going to? Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> so whenever we get down there, I was like, man, you really want to act like you care about your old lady now? When I told you you can't write her, you took yourself away from her and like you put yourself in prison. <sighs> you don't give two shits about your old lady. Look, I still <laughs> have a lot of intensive <laughs> therapeutic PTSD. <laughs> All right. Yeah, one time I tell you you can't write to really that's when you want to all of a sudden have all these feelings and emotions. You're just trying to beat store day so you can get twenty bucks. <laughs> twenty dollars, very important yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. I talk real greasy to him. I made it a point to hammer it home. A like, week without damn. coffee, right? That'll do it. As one should. Did Dave give proper at least? Oh yeah, he took it. He just mean mugged me. He didn't proper talk to response. me for like two months. Thank you. I will get right on top of it. What do you mean I didn't talk to you for two months? I was right back out there the next week and yeah. talked to you again. Of course you were. How you made it through the program, Dave? I don't. Uh, <laughs> took two times. It took two years to get through a one-year yeah. program. Oh, I didn't me. realize that. Two years. Yeah, wow. I had a strong need to be right. You see, had is that that's past tense. <laughs> now I'm in a blissful relationship where I never am right, and so I never need to be right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if I'm right now and it doesn't work out, then it's my fault. I'd rather her make the decisions, blow it. And then I'd be like, see, you should have listened to me. <laughs> All right. So before we get too far away from uh, getting into this episode, Todd, your story is incredibly interesting because you were initially locked up for one thing and then kind of the world hit you pretty hard. So what were you, what were you initially arrested for and how much time did you get? So I was initially arrested for, there was five charges altogether, but it was basically on the back of two charges. One was a tampering. I stole a truck for a girl and then I got a burglary charge and there was some property damage involved in it. So there was like a burglary and a stealing and a property. And all that was all tied together with a, with a tampering charge. I ended up with seven years, but with all the county jail time I was going in, I only had to do eight months in prison. So, okay. So you had seven years, but it wasn't like 85%. You would have done eight months and been out. And No. Yeah. I was, I, with my county time, I was going to do eight months. I was getting out uh, February of 1997. Okay. And so what happened? Because I knew you a lot longer than eight months. We were in maximum security and uh, you had been there longer than me. So that, that doesn't, what happened, man? So on October 22nd of 96, a guy walked into a room that a CO was in. It was a female CO. 
and he attacked her right after I left the room. So I had been in there trying to get Tylenol. You go to the COs there to get Tylenol or ibuprofen or whatever. When I left the room, he walked in. When I got to the end of the room, she or the end of the hallway, she screamed. And she didn't scream anything. She was just screaming like, wow. I'm like, man, what the hell? So I turned around and went back to the room. When I walked in, she freaked out. She's got a sock in one hand and is just screaming. Snatches the walkie-talkie that's on her desk and screams in a 10-5-4 house, 10-5-4 house. And you know what it's like whenever you hear that, like guards are coming like Ghostbusters. It's So I, I froze, like I'm in the doorway. So I'm kind of up against the wall now thinking there's going to be a million cows because she screamed in this thing. And I don't, still don't know what's going on. Travis goes around the desk and snatches her up out the chair and starts choking her. He's got her in a rear naked choke with one arm, grabbed the walkie talkie and threw it across the room. And nobody came for 30 seconds. And then a couple of inmates came in. And then a couple more inmates came in and they pulled him off of her and held him down in a chair on the other side of the room. That's whenever one of them got on the phone and actually called the captain shack and had the guards come. Apparently her transmission didn't go through right and the guards didn't know what was going on and they never showed up. And because I didn't do anything, they looked at it like I was like I was a part of it. Like I was in a apparently it was an escape attempt. He was trying to escape. He was at this his this guy he's talking about was actually at Jefferson City with us for a long time. Yeah, he met him. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, so does Ryan. Oh, did I meet him? Yeah, you were in Four House with us together. He's Travis. Little Travis. Yeah, little Travis had the dog. Had a beard. Oh, with the dog. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah little bitty guy. That's like the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. That's who this is. That's what I mean. Like, there's no threat in the room, and now all of a sudden he's choking her, and uh, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on, but. How old were you when this happened? 18. So you're 18 years old. You're, was this your first time in, uh, in, in the institutional setting, I presume? Yeah. yeah. I've been and down about three months. You're trying to get Tylenol, and then yeah. somebody attacks a CO. I mean, it's terrifying. I, don't even, I have no idea how I would react. Now, her original statement it was on the back of, I beat up a lieutenant before that, right? So don't get it too far carried away here. Like, I got away with assaulting an officer because of the things that he said. Like, it was... Oh, so that, that puts you in a bad position to begin with. Right. And whenever my name came across the investigator's desk again, he hammered me. And he talked her into giving a statement that said as much. But her statement at trial, like the violation statement is the one that got me. Her statement was that we were together. She threw a lot of broad, they had me choked out. They did this or they did that. Mm. Really had nothing to do with it. Whenever we, she got on the stand, she very pointedly said, I never did anything. Like she advocated trying the whole time I got out when I went up for parole she was the parole board went to her and was like hey your guy's going up for parole you have a right to defend it she's like let him out he's let him go he doesn't need to be there like she has advocated against me or for me the whole time the trial though was great like I did all that time because you can't appeal something without new evidence how do you have new evidence when the victim said you didn't do anything that's my case. My trial went that way. And I have no, I can't beat that evidence. You know what I mean? I still had the jury convict me. And because of that, I'm stuck. Right. So you went to trial and she testified that you, you were just there. You didn't have anything to do with it. And the jury Correct. still convicted you. Yep. Damn. That was so how many ruling. years did you get uh, for this? 25 years with 85%. Now, after this incident happened, when it went down, you guys were, course taken straight to administrative segregation of the whole how long did you do there three years three Ooh. years and i had said we're at uh well i did the first night till about seven or eight in the morning until and i was in the suicide cell they didn't just take me to answer they put me in a suicide cell uh, which till, is like a rubber room 
put a hole in the floor. Yeah. Right? It was just- and you don't have clothes, right? They put you in like a potato sack. No, I didn't have no clothes. I was Give naked. Me a blanket. Like I, no, a I didn't have anything. I was naked with nothing in the room with me. Like I didn't have a thing. I was there until about seven or eight in the morning. They gave me, gave me one of those potato sacks you're talking about. Walked me across the yard to the investigator's office. I got charged with a rule one and a rule four. And then when I got back to the ADSIG unit, they put us on a van and took us to Moberly. Ones and fours, everything one through 10 is a major violation. Those numbers might not be exact, but usually any any number of violations, if you get a rule number one, violate a rule number two, those are major violations. And it starts the worst is one and they get less worse as they go up, correct? Right. And so what was a one and four? The one is a, the violation was written murder, manslaughter, attempted on staff, and the four was attempted escape from confinement. And so then they transferred you where? Once I got teamed on a violation, they sent me to Potosi and him to the old walls. So getting teamed on a violation is like going to prison court. Right. It's called a team, but it's really just one person that decides what's going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is- yeah, those are foregone conclusions from what I've seen. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a little kangaroo Yeah. Right. Now, it got really good. Like when I got to Potosi, I'm thinking, okay, like my mom's freaking out. I'm thinking that. It's a good thing. I'm right next to home. Potosi is like the next town down from my mom and dad's town. So it was like, all right, this is cool. At least I'm close to home for this. And mom is freaking. She's like, man, that's death row. They kill people there. I was like, well, they kill people on the streets too. But I mean, like, we're not worried about that. I'll be all right. I'm close to home. No, that's good. Right. And she was just freaking. But anyway, I find I'm there for, I don't know, it's a minute. And I go see the team. <laughs> now it's right around my birthday, which is in a couple of weeks. I'm which means Christmas is in a couple of weeks. So I'm sitting there in front of this team for the first time at Potosi, and he's telling me all the rules of Potosi and how it's a level five and this tight house and all this junk. Finally, he gets done talking. He's like, okay, do you have any questions? And I was like, yeah. So like, do I get out of the hole now? And when I tell you, everybody in this room started laughing. Like I told the funniest joke you've ever heard in your life. I mean it, Ryan. The cop that was standing behind me has his arm or his hand on my fucking shoulder because he's laughing so hard he's like, ah, ah, like they're dying laughing and i didn't think i said anything funny the fucking caseworker that i was talking to is crying he's wiping tears out of his face like these people are laughing like i said the funniest thing and neither one of you two are laughing right now like this is a legitimate question you know like i just got my level jacked up to a max that's the punishment right dude looks at me once he finally catches his breath he's like listen man Christmas is coming up. I was like, yeah. He's like, so not this Christmas or next Christmas or the Christmas after that or the Christmas after that. But maybe if you don't get no violations between now and the Christmas after that, I might let you out of ad say the Christmas after that. I was like, dude, he's like, yeah, you're not going nowhere, man. Don't even come back here again. Like, I got to call you back here every 90 days. You don't need to come. That night, I got a nine-month extension for AdSeg in the mail. The next night, I got another nine-month extension in the mail, already signed off by administration. Two days later, I got another nine-month extension. Like, they were just hammering it home. Like, yeah, you're fucked, Jack. Don't think about anything. Give us a little description of, uh, which I do know, but I want to hear your description of life in AdSeg in a maximum security prison in the hole. Man, it's terrible. But you don't realize it. At the time, right? At first, you're just in the box, right? And everybody does the same routine when they get there. You try to sleep it away. You can't. You can only sleep like two days, and then you're you're fucked. You got to get up. So you start trying to figure out a routine. You're in a bathroom with your celly that doesn't have a shower. You know, like you got a toilet right there in a room that's the size of your bathroom, and that's it. Two bunk beds. You know, like it's a 
you fucking all you're trying to do is dance on eggshells. You read a lot of books and push ups and pace. If you get lucky and get a cool cellie, you're all right. You know, like, and then you shoot the Cadillacs. Shooting Cadillacs, driving around trying to get whatever you or you get lucky and you're the guy that's got stuff. And like I was blessed. My parents looked out for me the whole time I was down, so I was always a guy that had shit. Yeah. People are ingenious when you get under these uh kind of conditions. Because the COs would walk out and you would take string from your pillowcase or from your boxers and make a string of shit 60 yards long, tie it to a box from a bar of soap, put it together with staples, toothpaste, soap in the middle, and shoot it under your door to your friend's door where he can put a note on there and you can pull it back in. And when the COs would leave the wing, it would look like a giant spider web. They would go, all the Cadillacs would go everywhere. Yeah, that's how you get magazines from people, cigarettes, yeah, lights, everything. Listen, when I was at tray. Crossroads, Crossroads for the first eight years was live. That was the wildest joint I've ever heard. You know, I mean, like it was insane how crazy it was. But the cops finally started trying to make the peace because they were getting stomped. When, they, when that prosecutor came on TV and said that he wasn't prosecuting nothing in Crossroads, they, they didn't want that max prison there. Yeah, for the next three years, they, they couldn't say anything. Like, they had get a stomped reputation. Out. But and they, you were there. Uh, were you in AdSeg the whole time you were in Crossroads? And that no, 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 absolutely. That not. was after you got released. Well, it was during the. So I w- I got sent there in the when it opened. So I was there for probably a year and a half in the hole before I got out. So that tells you about. But I mean, it was that for the first four or five years. Like it was the Wild West for a while. So I did. Uh, I did a year in the hole, and every time they gave me a three month extension, I mean, I was like. I'm going to be here over my birthday, over Thanksgiving, over Christmas. It was the worst feeling knowing that I was going to stay there that long. How did it feel when they told you, like, you're going to be here this Christmas, next Christmas, like next. I can't imagine as I wasn't thinking I was going to do that much time, period. Like they're talking about I'm going to be in the hole for five, six years. I'm thinking, dude, my case isn't that long. Like even if the violation sticks, in my mind, there's no way I get found guilty on a criminal charge. So, I'm, but I don't have that much time. You're telling me I'm going to do every day of my sentence plus in the hole? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like that's where I was at. I was like, damn, you guys are tripping. But you thought ultimately you were going to go home, right? Before you could even serve all that. So, right. at, at what point did you realize, man, I'm stuck in here for? A real long time, like after you got sentenced for that, or no. I mean, did you still think you were going to appeal it and go home? I almost fainted when they found me guilty. It was it's like, damn, man, that sucks. You know, like it was. I'm standing there looking at the jury, and it was just like my legs wanted to go, and there's no way that I got found guilty. And I couldn't have like that's what's in my head at the time. Right then is I could not have had a better trial. There's no way I can give this back. Like. The victim just got on the stand. My lawyer asked her specifically, like, it shut the fucking prosecutor down. She was obviously the prosecutor's witness. When he asked her what I did and she said nothing, he was like, oh, Your Honor, I have no further questions. And stop talking. He was trying to minimize the damage. The fucking courtroom is crickets. Crickets for a good two minutes. The judge is the one that caught himself first and was like, man. So basically they went on an acting with another kind of thing. Basically, they were saying that if he would have escaped, I guess I would have went too. And but they gave me way more time than him. So yeah, I, I mean, remember at that time it's, he went home before you. The judge gave me the twenty five years, and it was like, yeah, there's 
I can't get his back. I can't do it. There's no possible way. And it's a life sentence. You know what I mean? Like a seven and a 25 is 32. And I'm not going to, I'm not wrapped real tight. You know what I mean? Like I'm not that stable to make it through that much time. Man, nobody's that stable, man. I mean, it. I'm in pain right now listening to that. I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't realize it was that bad, dude. Thinking of that night when you get back to your cell after you know your whole life just got stripped from me is a very painful evening of thought. You know, well, you start questioning what you did wrong, and I'm real young, so I haven't done a whole lot of heinous shit at the time. But you know, it's like, man, do, do I really deserve this? And like, I'm talking to God, like, dude, what the fuck did I do, man? I'm sorry. I swear to God, I'm sorry. You know, like, I didn't. Whatever the hell it is, I'll try <laughs> to fix it, man, dude. This is rough. And in prison, waiting for that miracle is a long wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just eventually eat it. You know, like you eventually make it out to. All right, you're going to go. Like, the worst part about it is that you don't realize that ADSEG is fake. So prison is a world inside of itself. There's a world out here, and people are talking to people out here from in there through the phone. And most of them are just trying to scam them or, or talk them out of shit. But some of them are in love. Some of them, it's their wife or whatever, and they're taking the abuse. But it, it is what it is. But it's its own world. Like, the, the nucleus of a prison is that it's its own society. It's a bunch of gossip and bitches, but it's still, it's a fucking, it's a society of, itself you know like it's well, got it's a, like a microcosm of the whole world right really. there's cliques and and you know like gangs and and whatever you know like the whole thing that's out here is in there just on a smaller scale and magnified ad sick is the same thing it becomes even more smaller and magnified but it protects people because of the door they can't nobody get to them so you don't realize until after you get out the dude you were talking to is a punk or he's a real person well, he's, he's like a there. piece of shit, and <laughs> right. he shouldn't have did anything. But behind the door, he's going to tell you everything. He's the toughest motherfucker ever walked, and he's the ballingest person ever, right? The burglar <laughs> baller and all that shit. Like, it's a, come on, man. Like, this is a bunch of garbage. But you don't know that it isn't real. In my mind at this time, like, I did three years in the hole, basically, fresh off the streets. I had never been to 05. I did my first three years plus in the hole. I don't know this isn't real. Manny Collins is the one that caught me. I had him as a celly before I got out, and... It's like, I don't know, six, eight months before I got out of a hole. And I'm talking about these people. And I done beat up a couple of dudes in the ANSIG. And he was like, dog, you got to stop. Like, you're never going to make it out there. You're going to, like, they're just going to keep locking you up, dog. This fucking violation, you got a serious. I was like, bro, I'm not going to let these people. He's like, they don't mean that shit. And I was like, what are you talking about? Think about the DOC. It never forgets. Well, but he's talking about the inmates. And finally, he was like, it, it clicked in his head. He's like, oh, my God, you don't know. You've never been there. I was like, I don't know what. He was like, dog, this isn't real. This, this, They're not this. They're just talking this way because of the door, because they're fiending for a cigarette, because they're, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing else to do. They're just stupid. You know, like, they're not warriors, this person. Man. Yeah, they're not this person once you take the door away. The That's door nuts. Away. What do you think? Well, I guess two questions I have. What's the thing that helped you survive that long in the hole? I can't imagine. And do you think it would have been easier without Sully's? I had no celly for probably six, eight months of the time I was there. When I was at the old walls at Supermax, that was no celly the whole time I was there. And then I had a stint in Potosi where I was in single man cell a couple of times. So, yeah, no, it's it's got its ups and downs both ways. It's um, To me, having a person in that cell with you in that small environment was torturous to me. I could not stand having a celly. I did not like someone in the room, whether I liked them or not, to be under someone's gaze 24-7. But it turns into if you're a person that can do things. Right. And if you're that guy, if you're the dude that doesn't do anything, okay, then 
I don't want you for a celly. So my second, third celly that I had in ASIC, period, I was at Potosi still. I had had a celly named Brian Shipley. He got out or he transferred to another prison. Then I got this dude named Gary Hale. Gary Hale was what you're talking about. I didn't like him at all. And he kept telling me he didn't have a whole lot of time. He was did in the hole over some bullshit. So finally, I looked at him, and he's telling me he's going to have to make it with these. UFC is just kicking in real good. You know, this is early 90s, so UFC is just kicking in. And he's like, man, I'm going to have to make it with these, or I ain't going to make it out there. And he kept saying that shit. And finally, he was like, all right, we'll get down. Put your shoes on, man. Show me what you got. Let's see. Let's catch around. And he was like, well, I don't want to fight you. I was like, I know you don't, man. But still, you ain't going to keep telling me this shit. Like, get down. Put your shoes on. Let's catch around. Or just shut the fuck up. And he was like, well, you ain't going to tell me what to do. I was like, okay, then get down and put your shoes on. You know, like that's those are your Boot two up. Yeah, like those are your two options. Either <laughs> you're gonna do or you're gonna stop talking like this. He was like, Well, I'll just leave. I was like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you can get the fuck out of this cell too. They just happen to be coming by the count. When they come by the count, they look at me. I'm standing at the door. I was like, Yeah, my cell is ready to go. And they fucking stop because <laughs> I'm a, I'm the in their mind. Listen, you guys need to understand that too. After this violation, every prison I went to, I was public enemy number one. Period. From that point on, like I was, these guards all thought I was fucking plumb insane. Like I am an 18 year old kid that came in with no time and tried to kill a guard and escape. That's what's in their heads about me. Nothing worse. They are thinking I'm crazy. So they stopped count and took this dude out of my cell. So everybody just watched this happen. And I'm still the kid. I'm 18 years old, 19 at the time. This happened. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm 10 years. You weren't younger even than, shaggy yet. Yeah. I, I'm 10 years younger than so anybody else it. at this prison. Like there's no, it's not close. Dude named Orange Crush comes up to my door, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys know Orange Crush. He's about three ninety. Yeah, he's, carrot he's, top. He's a he's a hell of a character. Guy. But he uh, he comes up and he's talking to me and he's got this stutter. He says, "Hey dog, hey dog, hey dog, hey dog, hey dog," and he gets to tell me that man, I'm about to move this dude in the cell with you. He's this bad motherfucker, basically, is what he's saying over and over and over. And I was like, "All right, right on." He's like, "Dog, you can't do what you did with this last celly with this guy, dog." I'm telling you, like this dude is the dude. I was like, "Okay, man, I appreciate it. You're trying to help me." He's like, "Dog, I am." I'm not trying to call you a punk. Like, I swear to God, dog, if you've got the dude coming in the cell with you. I was like, okay. He's like, bro. And he goes on and on for probably 20 minutes. He's telling me these different stories about him. I was like, all right, dude, I get it. The guy that they move in the cell with me, man, I don't even know how to tell you. He's out of shape. Looks a little bit like uh, from the Sopranos, the head guy. Oh, yeah, Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano, yeah. Like, he kind of has that vibe about him, right? But he's overweight. And, like, I'm 19 years old, shredded, fucking dude. 2,000 push-ups a day, like I'm, and I'm wired for sound. I don't sit still good, and I think I can fight. This is the dude, huh? like you're that guy for real. Like you're this, mm, I don't know, but I'm still, I'm cautious, but really, every story the guy's got ends with him whooping like 10, 12 people. Like know that, every single one of them. This is it, his name's Randy Cheek. So Randy Cheek is looking at me, finally he's like, man, I ain't trained nobody, because he's telling me all these stories and all these different training things, and finally he's like, man, I ain't trained nobody in ages. What's up, youngster? You, you probably got some time to do in the hole. What's, you want to learn something? I was like, yeah. He's like, what do you want to learn? I was like, well, I'm pretty good with my hands. I'd like to learn how to not get hit. He's sitting there looking at me. He's like, yeah, that's a good thing to want to learn. Huh? You're good with your hands, though, right? That's, that saves me some time. Now you can see the wheels turning in his head. And he's already on some bullshit, and I know it, but whatever. Finally, he's like, well, i tell you what. We can start right now. Hit me in the mouth. It's like, bro, I'm not going to hit you in the mouth. That's... He was like, no, go ahead. Hit me in the mouth. I was like, I'm not hitting you in the mouth, man. That's not how we should start this, man. And I'm pretty sure you're probably half tough. And he was like, it's okay, man. Hit me in the mouth. It's like, Randy, dude, I hit hard. He's like, good. Knock my teeth out if I don't stop it. It's like, bro, I'm not going to. And he hit me in the mouth right Bam. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And he didn't just hit me in the mouth. He boom. It's just straight right. I didn't even see it coming. And he hit me hard. Bam. I'm like, mm, I'm holding my mouth. And he's bobbing his head. He's like, how about now? You know, like he's talking shit to me about it. 
I'm like, damn, so I go to clock this motherfucker. He doesn't move nothing. So I'm coming in hard as I can. He's done caught my arm and spun me around and has me on one knee with my face this far from the toilet. And he's got my arm wrenched up behind me, holding it like this. And he's hitting me with his one knuckle like that right here between that muscle. My arm being wrenched up like this has got my whole everything on fire. And every time he hits me with that thing, it's like a grenade going off in my head. <laughs> and he is talking all shit to me. He's like, yeah, man, goddamn, you're tough. Woo, yeah, thank God I got some training. Fuck you to fuck me up, man. Like, he's talking all shit to me doing this shit. Finally, he's like, what do you want to learn? I was like, man, whatever you're teaching. He's like, there you go. Let me go. And for the next three months, he was my silly. And that's all I did every day was just get my ass beat by this dude. So, yeah, I had a a big anger problem that I developed over this case that I'm not good for. And I had to do teach me how to fight better than anybody in the world. So, but yeah, I would walk around. I was just a wall of bruising that cell. Like he just beat my ass every day. But he that was, was those are the man. things. Oh my God. I love the prison guy. mentors. But I mean, it's, those the are the best. things that got me through. Ed said, those are the things that, that made it through. Like I'd have to have a celly after that, that, that wanted to wrestle, that wanted to play. That's what I call it. Y'all want to play? Like you can't be my size, my weight. You got to be my weight and like playing. Otherwise we're probably not going to make it a celly. We're not going to be compatible. Do you feel like that, uh, it affected your mental health? I mean, I, I don't know how it, could it did. It did. Absolutely. I didn't. That's what I was saying earlier. You don't understand it at the time. You don't recognize it. Like you go in thinking I'm this person, I'm normal. And when you get out, if you've done long term ad sick, you don't realize like that time is erased. It doesn't exist. I've got three years in my life that never happened. 96 to 99 is, is a void. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's not that. Oh, I would. It's a void. Those years didn't exist. 97, 98, 90, they don't exist. They didn't happen. They didn't. There was nothing that happened. I didn't see a TV, not just watch TV, but the box. I didn't see a TV for three years. I didn't. You know what I mean? Like there's you can't keep up with what's going on in the world. So three years goes by of. You don't realize just how much you miss without contact with other people. Like if you're in a box and there's only a couple other boxes around you and nobody knows anything you're fucked i remember you know? if you couldn't find a book it became painful not to have something to read i mean physically painful to have to sit there without something to focus your mind on yeah well when, when i got out like i sat down in the first <laughs> first tv show i watched my celly at a tv he was watching david blaine right the magician. Yeah, the street magician. Nobody, he's new. You know, he ain't, this isn't to, like, everybody's up to David Blaine shit now. But at the time, I'm looking at it just like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, like, and he's doing some amazing stuff. It's just like, God, I'm so happy to see a TV. But Anna's, God, look what he's doing. He's freaking awesome. He's a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can remember just being so happy to have my own toothpaste bear to, have some snacks in the room, you Man, know. Magazines. That was yeah. I didn't care about none of that shit. I needed mag like right. toothpaste and soap turned into tobacco. Yeah. Tobacco made the world go round <laughs> in that sick. Absolutely. Anything I could get was magazines and books and shit like that. Like if guards had I'd have guards on the hook that man, you wanted me to bring you something? Yeah, yeah, books. So how long do you think, Todd, that you did total in the hole in all the years that you were in prison? How many years were you in prison altogether? Twenty two and a half. Twenty two and a half. And how uh, many in ad seg you think all together? Probably eight, eight and a half, something like that. Yeah, that's a pretty eight good years. Percentage. That's like probably, a third. Yeah. So the whole is is it's, it's it's consuming, right? You become that type of a person. Like I said, it's a it's a society inside of a already microcosmed out society. So it's its own place, and it takes a while for people to readjust afterwards. At two years and like 
I don't know, three months, they took me to see a psychiatrist and I didn't know I had was going. And I was the type of guy that would write MSRs on people with some bullshit and have them going over there for like their anal leaking or something like that. Like, so I, whenever they came by my door with no reason to go to medical, it was like, right, someone got me. When I get there, it's some dude, I've never seen him before. Couldn't tell you who he is. And when I sit down, he's like, okay, so what can I do for you? I was like, I have no idea. Who are you? And he was like, you didn't fill out an MSR? I was like, no. He was like, huh? So he pulls through. He's got a stack of MSRs in front of him, pulls out a sheet of notebook paper. It's my name on it. He's like, you must be Todd Johnson. I was like, yeah. He's like, so how long have you been an ad seg? I was like, uh, wow, a couple of years. He's like, yeah, that's probably why you're here. You want to talk about it? And he started talking to me about it. So at two years, DOC recognized that there's a... Like it does something to you and they recognize it too. I didn't have to fill out anything. They just, they check on your mental stability at that point because it is, it's. It reminds me of one story when I was down in AdSeg and the most I ever did was three months under an investigation, but I had this cell and he started talking to himself out loud and saying things. So I wrote, you know, the caseworkers like, Hey, I'm not trying to get guy in trouble, but he's out of his mind. I mean, he's talking to himself, da, da, da out loud. So the next day, a mental health worker, a psychiatrist, I guess, or a tech or something came to the door and called him over and said, are you hearing the voices? And he said, uh, no, I don't hear any voices. I hear angels. He's like, but no voices. He's like, no, I just talked to the angels. He's like, but no voices. He's like, no, just angels. And I finally jumped up and freaked out and said, the angels are the voices. Okay. Do you, or do you talk to angels? Is angels the normal? Are you hearing angels right now? Because if you are, maybe I'm the one who needs the help. If everyone's hearing angels but me, maybe I need that. And you're the Catholic in the group here. Right. Like, I'm trying to get some talk here, and I'm getting nothing. This guy's tuned in. I mean, how would he, how would right. he know one voice from the next? I don't know. Which is the good voice? Could you at least point us to that? Right. What they end up doing? What they do to him? Nothing. I ended up checking him in. I ended up scaring him and making him leave. <laughs> I became afraid of him because he was so mentally unill. Not afraid of what he might do if I fell asleep. So I just scared him while we were awake and he hit the panic button, which was in the cell and they came and removed him. Anyway, hey, thanks for coming on, Todd, man. We appreciate you taking your time away from fixing my house. Right. No, I was already in the area, so I figured fixing, I'd stop by. <laughs> I figured you might as well fix my show after you're done fixing this house. Right. And maybe you can work on my relationship here. Sure. <laughs> I'm struggling around here. All right. I was glad to be here. Glad I could be a part of it. Hopefully it raises awareness to what's going on inside of prison. And uh, you look good, Ryan. Of the three of us, you're the only one with hair, so I got to tell you, you're looking sharp, man. Right. But he's in New York. That could be plugs, anything. There's no That's telling. true. That is there's true. No way. It could be a with technology today, there's just no way to know. Right. You know? Unless yeah. I run my fingers through it personally, I will not believe it. <laughs> that can Thank happen. You, gentlemen, I, I, right. I work on my hair more than anything else. So. <laughs> hey, I use shows. All right. Well, I'm off. i home right now. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Absolutely. Take care. Damn, Dave, I'm speechless, man. I, you know, I've, uh, as we were talking about before, I've experienced the whole, I know you have too, but nothing like what Todd's been through. And, uh, and he's such a good dude. And I can't imagine being 18 years old and knowing you're going to be stuck until you're probably 21 or more in the hole. Like you don't get to see the sky. You don't get to go outside. You don't, you're not even in a normal prison. You're in the hole in a cinder block box the size of a bathroom with another dude. It's really unconscionable to keep someone that age in there that long. But, you know, I, it's hard to say I know the difference. I mean, when you 
when a staff member gets hurt, then I mean, I heard his story and how he described it, but obviously, you know, something Two went on. I mean, they have story. to protect staff, you know, I understand yeah. that. And to, I don't know, it's, I don't know what the solution is to that, but it, there's got to be something better than that. What, what really impresses me about him is like, look, he spent 20, he's about, I don't know, 45, 46. So he's been out a couple of years. He, did like 25 years, and he replaced two whole stacks of my plumbing downstairs, redid all the concrete, rewired my – I mean, he did all this stuff. How did you learn all this stuff? Like, how do you know how to do all this? You spent yeah, all your life in prison. Yeah, I mean, it's how? really amazing. I mean, I didn't really go to prison until I was like 30, you know, and, you know, I don't know any of that stuff, you know, but somehow he knows how to do all this stuff, which is – I mean, it's certainly – his problems aren't don't stem from a lack of intelligence. I'll tell you that. Yeah, man, I'm impressed with all he's done. I mean, being able to get out and learn how to do all this stuff, fixing houses, which he's obviously never did before and starting his own business, you know, taking care of himself in that way. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy that uh, all that whole time and prison time didn't take him down too bad. And uh, and he's he's trying to build a life. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you know, tough. he's doing he's doing well. It's good to see guys out doing doing well and taking care of themselves and taking care of business, you know, and staying out of trouble and not you know, not harming anyone else or yourself. That's the main thing, you know. Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, there's gotta be a better way than just putting people in, in the hole for years and years and years. I don't know what it is. I'm you know, I'm more focused on uh getting prosecutors accountability for their actions and and putting people in prison as opposed to what happens when you're actually there. But clearly there needs to be a change. Um, and that's why, I mean, I shoot it out to, to whoever's listening. What do you think is a good alternative? What do you think should happen in a situation like Todd found himself in? How should people be helped or punished or whatever you think it, it is necessary, I guess? Right. Is it Because it's always a thing. Is it corrections or is it penitentiary? You know what I mean? Is it? Penalty or correction? And how do you make those two things combine, penalty and correction, you know? Yeah. Man, it's a tough question. One we're going to we're gonna ponder every week and, uh, and hopefully keep bringing you really incredible stories like Todd's. We're going to be here putting out new episodes every Sunday at 12 o'clock Eastern time. And remember, if you have the opportunity and you like what you heard today, it would be amazing if you left a five-star review and left some feedback. Uh, people want to read in the reviews what they're getting into, and it means a lot, and it helps a lot uh, when they have that opportunity. So thank you so much for joining us. We want to hear more about your thoughts, your feelings, comments, all of that. Come on to my page, Ryan Ferguson. It's Life After 10 on Instagram. We have the Prison Counts Twitter feed. So you can find us in a lot of different places, but we definitely, definitely, definitely want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this episode? What are your thoughts on other episodes? And uh, yeah, we just really appreciate you. We'll see you next Sunday at noon. Dave, what are you going to leave them with? That's right. See you at count time.